Hi, I'm Kara Riska, life coach, wife, and the mother of four incredible and unique kids. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I completely lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving, and you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and grace that once felt so completely lacking. I started the Special Needs Mom podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves up against what feels impossible. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle the dreams that you hold impossible now. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you're a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Well, hello and welcome back to the Special Needs Mom podcast. We're midsummer here, ladies. We are stepping one hot, sweaty foot after another. And I'm really excited about this episode today. I was stirring a jar of peanut butter this morning. (laughs) You may have seen me post it on Instagram because I came up with a saying, this is love that I stir a jar of peanut butter for you. The backstory, like it's like a a riff on uh, a Bible verse that says, this is love that I would lay down my life for you. That is not exactly it, but it's close enough. Okay. Anyhow, so I was, um, I made all my kids lunches for the beach. We're going to go to the beach after I record this episode. Then I remembered my sweet husband had asked me to make him a sandwich too. And I had forgotten. I'd put everything away. And I was like, no. And he's vegan-ish. And so I was going to make him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Vegan-ish means he's mostly vegan, except for when there's really good meat around. (laughs) It's a long story. Okay. Um, and so I, I realized that like we only had like a very small amount of peanut butter left. So either he was going to get a very, very thin little little sliver of peanut butter or I had to stir that jar. So I did it. I stirred the jar. It is love. Okay. That <laughs> was not planning on having that part of the episode, but hopefully it'll make you laugh and think, yes, I really despise stirring that jar too. I should just give up and buy the kind that they add sugar and oil to so that you don't have to stir it. And it tastes so good too, but whatever, trying to be healthy. Today we're talking about playing like a winner. It's really fun. It's going to be a short episode because like I said, I have to go to the beach in a little bit. But before I actually go into the episode, I want to make sure you know about the Own Your Story workshop that I'm doing in gosh, it's 10 days from now. What do I want you to know about this? I want you to know that it's a three-hour workshop. It is a small group setting. It is going to be hosted by myself. And then I'm bringing in a gal named Casey Caseda, who is a story, like her profession is being a story coach. And she just is really fun. She's really fun. And I actually met her because I went to a storytelling workshop put on by yet a fellow Another fellow special needs mom, Heather Avis, I always mispronounce her last name, uh, from the lucky few. A lot of you would, would know who that is. And it was life-changing. It was something that I knew I wanted to do, but I, don't, I didn't know exactly how 
it was going to impact my life. But I think what I want you to know about this is that for most of us, the story that we thought we had has been disrupted. It's like, like little record, like, you know, like when like you do that record sound. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It's like you were going along your life. You thought it was going to be one way. And then you got the diagnosis or diagnoses of your child or children. And it was a disruption. To varying degrees, we still feel disrupted. And I think that actually, for a lot of us, this meant at one point or another, that your life was never going to be as good as before you got the diagnosis. That's a story. Likely, it's because you're so, you're more connected to the story of what you thought your life would be than you are to the story that your life is or what you want it to be. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be connecting. And I'm going to use the, we're going to do recordings of your story. Don't worry, super easy. And only by permission will I share them with anybody outside the group. And I want to use them as an anniversary compilation of this podcast. So you'll get to have a a chance for your story to be told. Yes, having a story just for your own ears and heart is valuable. But telling your story and allowing somebody else to listen to your story, to be known by somebody, that is also a huge part of this workshop. So please consider coming. It's going to be, I mean, signups are very easy. You just click a link, you read everything (laughs) to make sure you do intend to be able to be there in person. Because it is an in-person thing, although it's virtual. So if you're all the way on the other side of the country, you're also invited to attend. So I'll see you there. Let's get into our episode, Playing Like a Winner. Like I said, when I was stirring, I was mid-stir in this peanut butter stirring situation. And the actual picture came to me that I thought was the most fun for this. So... It's building on the premise that if we believe something is impossible, then we will be blind or limited to only see the way it is impossible. Does that let that sink in? Because uh, I know it's saying the word impossible a lot. (laughs) Okay. But if I want you to consider that your brain is very well trained to only put energy towards what it thinks is valuable. And when you don't, I mean, this is a very, like, this is not exactly the best illustration, but I'm going to use it because I think it's helpful to illustrate the idea of what we see, what we see based on what we believe or what we're aware of. It's like, you've all had this happen, I'm sure. You, your friend gets a new car and, or maybe you like learn that there's a new Honda Odyssey out on the road. I mean, I love my Hondas. So therefore, you're now seeing, then you, you didn't see it before. And then now you see them everywhere. You're like, where, where were these all like yesterday? Because I've never seen any until now I see one every other car or even like Tesla, right? 
yes, there's more and more on the road, but it was like in the, in the beginning, it was like, oh, there's a Tesla. And my kids, my brother works for Tesla. And so like, we like Teslas a lot and we're a big fan of my brother. So we're like, Tesla, Tesla, yay, Tesla. And we see him everywhere. But before we were aware of this new car or whatever it is that we become aware of, like we didn't even ever notice it. And it's just because your, your brain is just not scanning the world looking for that thing. And I could probably come up with a way better example, but, you know, the beach is calling. (laughs) Okay, but that is something I want you to consider. If we believe something is impossible, then we'll be blind or limited only to see the way it is impossible. We can't see beyond the belief of the non-existence of the possibility of that thing. Okay, then likely we're going to end up feeling defeated, discouraged, tired, angry, My guess is you're acquainted with those feelings to the degree that we believe something like that we feel defeated, the more we're going to be resistant towards putting energy towards that thing. Or like maybe we'll keep trying because we know we should do that thing. But it's from a place of like force or pressure or obligation or guilt. That doesn't feel very good either. And so typically... The results we produce from that are going to be different than from a place of really true belief. Okay, so this is the picture I want you to play with me on. Do you guys know the game Settlers? Settlers of Catan? It's like not that new. So I'm hoping a lot of you know of this. We played it a lot in my pre-child years when I was a young married couple. And one of our friends, shout out to Brian Dixon, was so competitive. He would get so mad when he was losing. And he never really lost that often. So it wasn't a problem, but it was very funny. And he's still very competitive. Okay. Okay. So if you don't know this game, it's uh, very strategic. And it's like any other game, right? Like you start off, it's, um, it's less of a chance game, although there is chance involved but uh, more of strategic and a lot of thought goes towards how you're going to execute your win. Okay, early game, you're thinking, yeah, I got this. Anybody can win, but probably I am. And you're going to be looking for all the different ways that you can win. In this game, it's going to be like, where can I build? Where should I go? Uh, What are they doing? How can I block them out? And you're going to be very focused on seeing all the opportunities that you have. Okay, mid-game, right? So the game goes on a little bit. Maybe some things go your way. Maybe they don't. And depending on how you think things are going, you're either going to grow in your belief that you can still win, or you're going to diminish in the belief that you can still win. You likely won't feel the same level of possibility that you did at the beginning of the game. So depending on how the dice are rolling, if you will, will be influencing, inspiring the way you're thinking about your gameplay. And so either you're going to, let's just, okay, let's look at the perspective of you're not doing that well. (laughs) Depending on how not well you think you're doing, you might think, okay, I might still be able to get this. So you're going to dig in. You're going to double down and you're going to like push it harder. You're going to like intentionally inspire yourself to believe 
that you can still win. Just don't give up. And then you're going to play from that place. You're going to continue looking for the path forward. You're going to continue to try to be defensive toward, in a good way, toward your opponent and try to block them out. And then you might make some gains and even grow that belief, or you may not. But let's just say that you do. Okay, alternatively, you might be mid-game and you might think like, oh gosh, this is kind of feeling a little pointless. And from the belief that this is pointless, you're probably going to feel discouraged. You might even feel bored, right? Have you ever played a game and you're like so far losing? You're like, this is, I don't want to play. Why would I put my energy towards this? I can't win, right? So do you see how that mentality makes all the difference? Okay, end game. You're going to likely be either fully engaged or pretty disengaged. Because at the end of the game, your evidence either way that you're close to winning or that you still have a possibility of winning is going to be very high. You're going to see the path forward. That's something I wanted to mention the whole way through. Like in the mid game or even in the early game. Early game, you can't necessarily see how you're going to win. You might see some options. You might actually think, wow, there's so many options. So therefore, your belief is still going to be high, even though you don't know exactly how you're going to do it. Mid game, you're going to think, okay, like I have some ideas. I don't know exactly what it is. But like, depending on like, if you see a lot of options still, you're going to feel pretty good. But if you see no options, if you're like, I have no idea how this is going to work out, that's, you can imagine how that's going to make you feel more discouraged or disengaged. Okay, end game, back to the end game. You're again, you're going to likely be either fully engaged or disengaged, depending on where you are, right? So let's just say you're playing with like three or four other people. And so I want you to picture yourself at that table thinking, I've got this. I'm one point away. And how you're playing, how you're paying attention to every move, to every angle that you could have an opportunity to get to gain forward momentum. It's like you, and then you know, even better, you have an ace up your sleeve or whatever positive secret thing you have. And you're just waiting to play it. Picture your heart rate elevating because of the belief and the anticipation that you're about to win. Think about how you would play at the point when you thought, I'm just a point away. You can taste it. And you're having fun because you think you're going to win. I want you to have this picture. This is playing like a winner. Now, there's a little twist here to the end of the game here. Either you win or you don't. And this is where, this is where most of us lose it. Not lose it, but like, it's kind of like a little mind twisty. Because when I say playing like a winner, I don't mean win every time. You don't have the control to win every time. And so I want you to picture this end game that I've described. You're sitting around the table. You're with your three or four other opponents. You're feeling pretty good about your gameplay. You have the ace up your sleeve. But boom, your opponent had two. And you didn't know it. And so your opponent unbeknownst to you, had the same level of belief 
that you did about their winningness, about their ability to win, and they just happened to have two aces and you just had one. So you lost. The difference is you were still playing like a winner the whole way through. And here's the thing. And this is where I'm going to kind of turn it towards how does this apply to you as a special needs mom besides winning more games? (laughs) No. How does this apply to you as a special needs mom? Just because you think you're going to win, it's your belief in something existing or in something being possible will depend on your willingness to go after it. Now, a lot of us are paving a road that has never been traveled before. Maybe at the school that your child goes to, there's never been a child that has the unique needs that your child does. And they keep telling you, no, I'm sorry, we can't accommodate for that. Or it reminds me of the conversation I had with Robin Grigotsky last week, where she was advocating for her daughter. She went to neurosurgeon after neurosurgeon, and they said, I'm so sorry, but you, your daughter is going to die. And she said, no, I don't, I don't yet believe that. I don't want to believe that yet. I'm not ready to accept that. I believe something different. So she continued to play from the belief that there is a way for my daughter to survive. And in her case, she found a surgeon. Her daughter is growing and thriving. Now, you see how her playing like a winner doesn't guarantee that she's going to find a surgeon or that her daughter's going to live. And she knew that playing the game. We have to honor the space of losing, the possibility of losing. And then we still get to play the game. So again, your belief that something exists or is possible will depend on your willingness to go after it. And so when I say playing like a winner, I mean declaring something as possible. What does that mean? It means just deciding that it's possible and then going out there and creating it to be a tangible reality. It doesn't mean that you have to have evidence that it's possible. It doesn't mean that other people have to think that it's possible or agree. Because likely if you're doing something that's never been done before, or if you're advocating for your child in a situation that the community has never seen before, they're all going to say, I'm sorry, ma'am, but that's not possible. Or like if you're having the conversation with insurance, I'm sorry, ma'am, I'm not able to do that for you. Right? And so they can say that. That's them playing their card. And what I want you to kind of explore this week as you are out there working and with your kids and doing the things that we do in summer is really reflect on how are you playing? Are you playing from the early mid or the early game aspect of I can totally win this. We totally got this. Or from that mid game or even from that end game. And really even more than like where you're playing, I want you to consider that you're likely at some point in mid game. 
because you've hit the bumps. You have hit the roadblocks. You've hit the part where you play the opponent gets the way better deck of cards than you or the way better roll, whatever. And you've also hit up against a lot of no's. You've hit up against trying really hard, doing a lot of things, and not yet having the result that you want. That's mid-game. And so I know, I know you're tired. And I know it sometimes feels useless to continue playing when you don't believe it's possible. And so I'm asking, I'm imploring that you declare the possibility of what you want and then going after it. And what you want might be different, right? What you're up against in your game that you're playing is going to be very different than for me. It might be getting equipment for your child. It might be getting the IEP for your child that you feel is representative of what they need or deserve. Gosh, it might be getting medications for your child. <laughs> Not funny, but last weekend we did a little weekend road trip and a couple hours in, maybe actually it was earlier than that. Look over to the husband. Husband, you got the medicine, right? Because that's like all we need, right? It's like we can buy anything. We can just go to the store and buy anything we need besides the medicines for my son. He said, yeah, I got him. Because he always packs them. Like, he's like super reliable. He's amazing. So he said, yeah, I got him. Okay, cool. Uh, we continue driving five hours away from our house. And uh, he comes to me. He says, um, just so you know, what I'm about to tell you, I can fix. And I'm like, ah, uh, just tell me. Like, I do not like surprises. Like, just tell me. And he told me he forgot. Like, the bag with all the really important stuff got left on the counter. And so I, I, I stay pretty cool and calm and collect in these kind of things. I kind of go immediately towards figuring out how uh, I'm going to fix it. Or not even I. He was actually, he jumped right in to had already tried to, like, figure out what we're going to do. So, and yet what I found is that... There was a lot of insecurities that were brought up by not having the life-critical medications for my son. And I had to play from a place. And this is like, when I say play, this does not mean that like there was like rainbows and like glitter everywhere and it was like really fun. I mean that I'm engaged in the activities, working towards creating the result I wanted. And in this case, the result I wanted was my son being safe and having access to the medications he need needed. For me, the conversation I had in my head was, I can always drive to the nearest hospital, and I can walk in the doors, and I can demand that they find the medications for my child, and we get them. I knew in the back of my head it wasn't going to come to that, but I also knew that like I was, I was going to play from the place of, like, this is not a game I can lose, like, that I'm willing to lose. And in some cases, that attachment to winning is going to serve us. In some cases, not. If that doesn't make sense, the idea of being attached to an outcome, shoot me an email. I will explain it better. But I want to keep this episode short. Okay. I want you to play like a winner this week. I want you to play like you can win at whatever you're playing for. Pay special attention to what comes into your consciousness 
when you're playing that's telling you that you can't. Those are just obstacles. They're obstacles, maybe in the term of a circumstance that you have to get around, right? Like someone saying no, or not having what you need. Or maybe it's an obstacle where you're just like, I can't do it. I don't have the energy. Okay, so either one is equally as valid and important to pay attention to. And you get to then meet yourself with kindness, compassion, and curiosity. And maybe reflect what would it look like to play like a winner in this situation? Can I promise you a better outcome than the one that you have now? No, I cannot promise you that. But here's what I am willing to promise you, that you're going to feel much better while doing it. You're going to experience it differently. And even if you don't get that outcome you want, you're going to have the confidence. When you lose, you won't feel regret. When you lay your head on the pillow, you'll know that there is nothing more that you could do. But not from a place of like anger and like resentment towards being powerless. You're going to have a different experience that feels much better. It just feels better to work from a place of belief, even when it's not going well. And just like playing like a winner, when we hit up against those bumps, that doesn't necessarily sway us from playing like that winner. It's expected part of the road. Okay. I think you've got it. (laughs) I want you to go play like a winner. And now I'm going to wrap up this episode and I am going to take my crew to the beach and I'm going to treat myself to a iced coffee beverage. And I'm pretty excited about that. And I will see you next week on our episode. And I would love to hear from you. I have a weekly email that I send out with uh, different kinds of goodies in it. Sometimes it's application questions for the podcast. I've been doing that a little bit. Sometimes it's uh, embarrassing stories of my own life. Sometimes it's insights um, that I have through coaching clients or through my own life, much like this podcast. And I hope that you are leaving this episode feeling a little like, okay, I'm going to give this a try, right? Like, like, I want you to think, what is there to lose? My thinking is that there's nothing to lose. Like, there's no losing here. If you play like a winner and you still lose in the sense of like, you don't get the outcome that you wanted, the result, there's no loss. Okay. Have a great week. See you next week. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.